You're listening to the Digital Mastermind Podcast. The place for entrepreneurs who are invested in improving themselves and their business. With your host, business coach and serial entrepreneur, Hillary Russell. Thank you everyone for joining us again today for an episode of the Digital Mastermind. I'm your host, Hilary Russell, and today, awesome, awesome guest, Seth Donlin. I'm very excited to have you here today, Seth. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you. I'm glad to have you. <laughs> so Seth, you and I met in the online world and you are a very experienced and very successful uh, leadership coach focusing on um, training and, and coaching individuals and professionals in the health and sports arena, um, like that, the sports arena. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but tell, tell our listeners a little bit, though, about um, your, your career and about your background and um, give us a little insight into Seth Donlin. Sure. So I, I've been working in uh, communications in one form or another for the last 20 plus years. I got my start um, as a college student that didn't know what the hell he wanted to do. And I was in a creative writing program and I realized that I I really liked long form journalism and wanted to try to make a, a, you know, a living as a journalist. And I was lucky enough to get an opportunity to uh, partner with a, a, some other great people to launch a uh, weekly newspaper um, while I was still in college. And that's how I got my, the start, you know, my career start. Um, I worked at that newspaper, uh, both on the editorial and on the managerial side for five years or so before my business partner and I finally sold to a larger publishing group. And then, um, I had some opportunities to, work in media relations and then government relations for some elected officials and eventually got into uh, marketing for government agencies, uh, everything from municipal governments to, um, to some federal agencies, uh, the Bureau of Land Management, the DEA, mm-hmm. um, small business, uh, a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then eventually went out on my own and, and opened up a, a marketing consulting group and, um, and I am also coaching people in leadership and communications. I find that a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, the small business owners that I work with, mm-hmm. a lot of the starting entrepreneurs, even if their dreams are to take it beyond small business, they really need, um, you know, kind of a mentor, uh, somebody to help them along the way, somebody to help them so they don't have to reinvent the wheel, uh, to work through some of the mindset problems that all of us as entrepreneurs have to struggle with. Mm -hmm. And I was doing that for my clients and doing that for young uh, people that I would be mentoring. And I realized, hey, there's a need for this and I enjoy doing it. So, uh, you know, I turned it into an actual uh, paying practice. Awesome. That's phenomenal. And how long have you been uh, running your coaching practice? Oh, I've been coaching for uh, for, probably 15 years now, but, um, I've been, you know, doing it more than just as kind of like a little bit of a side hustle for, you know, only about a year now. 
Okay, awesome. Well, I, I've seen um, a few of your, your different sites and, you know, um, publications here and there. And hands down, you are the expert that I've seen in, um, you know, leading with confidence. And I think that's really cool. I, um, and that brings us to our topic today as well, <laughs> leading with confidence. So I wanted to ask you, um, a lot of our listeners are, you know, entrepreneurs that are involved with their businesses or have been involved with it for a year or two and are in that stage where they're starting to hire on new employees or additional wow. members of their team, their, you know, their executive team. Um, so right off the bat, I just want to dive in. When you are working with an individual that's getting to that place, um, what advice do you give them or, or what tips do you give them? as they are really becoming like this, this budding leader, right? For their new company or their new organization. Well, I think, you know, becoming a new leader is a very scary time for most people. Um, even if they're excited about it, even if they have these dreams of, of you know, uh, growing their business and having a lot of employees under them, um, for many people, it's, it's nothing that they've really experienced before. Even if they were in a leadership position in some kind of, uh, you know, social group or church group or an ath athletic team or something, there was always probably some kind of structure that was placed on it before they got there, right? And, and the, the teachers and coaches or whatever that were helping them to be the, the captain of the team or whatever leadership position they were in. And then they get into their own business and suddenly everything's on them. They have to decide, uh, you know, what the rules are going to be, how the hierarchy of the organization is going to work. Are they going to be very rigid in their hierarchy? Are they going to be more, have more of a egalitarian, almost family feel in their organization? And the success of how the team operates is now on that person's shoulders. There's a lot of pressure that they're putting on themselves mm -hmm. because they feel that other people, their friends, their family, who's ever watching them grow this business is, is expecting great things of them. Um, I think a lot of people do that to themselves, right? They put a lot of pressure yeah. on themselves. And, and they also think that they have to figure out how to do it, what's the right way to do it, and they need to kind of like lock that in early on and, and roll with it rather than experiment with it, which is, you know, something that as entrepreneurs, I think we realize we need to do in a lot of of other areas of our business you know if you're making an actual product you you experiment and then you see what the market thinks of it and then you maybe tinker with it a little bit and let it get better and better and you understand that you're experimenting with your product that you're releasing if you're releasing a service you you are you are looking at your customers and your clients and you're seeing you know what did they get out of what I offered them? Is there something mm -hmm. additional that they really need? You know, and you're changing, you're, you're tinkering with your packages and you're, you're not feeling that on day one, you need to have the package set and that's the way it's going to be. And if yeah. you deviate from that, you've somehow failed. Um, so I think one thing that, you know, people really need to do is realize, you know, you can experiment with your leadership style and you can experiment with being a team leader. You don't have to have everything figured out right from the very beginning, you know, be kind mm -hmm. to yourself, be forgiving of yourself and, and let yourself learn as you go. Um, the other thing that I think is, is most new leaders that don't just take to it like a duck to water. And that's not most people is 
you know, they're going to go in one of two directions. They're, they're either going to become, um, they're either going to be plagued by a lack of confidence mm -hmm. because they've not been in this position before. And, uh, you know, hopefully if they've hired bright, competent people to work with them, they feel like, oh, that person might have a better idea, but I've got to be the boss and I hope they're not second guessing me. And there can be all of this, you know, self-doubt that comes into it. Mm -hmm. The other direction that people will go is they try to be, you know, they're not trying to be a tyrant, but they become somewhat of a, a tyrant because they're like, it's my company. We're going to do it my way. I know what's best, or at least I've decided what's best, even if I don't really feel like I know what's best. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's obviously in that happy medium is where we want to be, but that's, that's a, you know, that's not the easiest place to kind of naturally find if you're not working at it. Maybe you don't have a little guidance from a, you know, a family member, a college mm -hmm. alumnus, uh, you know, somebody that has also been an entrepreneur or, or been a, a high level leader in some corporate uh, position and can, and can kind of guide you in how to be a leader. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. I, I like that a lot. Um, I think that it's, it's very easy to have um, that fear that um, you're going to let people down, right? If you right. make a mistake or if you um, make a wrong decision as you're bringing on this team or guiding this team. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's so meaningful though, that you said, you know, just be, be willing to let yourself fail to have, you know, to, to let yourself make mistakes and learn as you go. Right. Well, you know, it's funny that you say let your, I mean, I may have used the word fail. I, I use it a lot. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, failure is actually is a central concept to me in my coaching. And I will often say, um, and, you know, I say it to be a little pr provocative, but I say we really need to be pursuing failure. So, so much of our time is wasted avoiding failure. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, most people that understand that they say, yeah, you can't be afraid of failure. You're going to fail and you learn through failure. And so, you know, you, you should accept failure. I take it, I take it a step further and say, we should actually be pursuing failure because it's, it's when we're pushing at the outer edge of the envelope where we don't have a net underneath us and we, we are, you know, if you're not right on the edge of failing all the time, you're, you're being, you're playing it too safe. Yeah. And so for me, I say, and this goes, you know, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to communication, when it just comes to running your business in general, I think we need to be pushing towards failure, not pushing towards complete failure, like bankruptcy or you have right. to lay off, <laughs> but you should be pursuing that point at which you hit a problem you've mm -hmm. you failed in some way. Now you've identified what that weakness is and what that, that point of failure is. And you can use that as your learning, uh, you know, your fuel for your learning and you can reiterate, make your product or your service better, make your management style better, your company culture better, whatever it is, wherever your failure has occurred. And then you're stronger after that. It, right. you know, you, you said in the beginning, I work with, uh, sport and fitness professionals primarily, and many entrepreneurs, whether they, uh, you know, have, have continued this in their life, but they were, many of us were athletes when we were in high school or college. And so yeah. I think most, most of us understand, like to build muscles, you push your muscle to failure. But, you know, even if you're not 
lifting weights to failure. The, the point is, is you're stressing your muscles. You're getting micro tears in your muscle. And the failure of, the, of your muscle to perform the way that ideally it should is what causes your body to grow those muscles. And in the brain, it works the same way. If you memorize a phone number or some fact that you need to, you know, you, you've got some, uh, you know, I can, you know, our, our, our product is, uh, you know, rated up to 97% or something. That's a really easy number, but yeah. like, suddenly you're in front of a client and you can't remember that it's 97%. Well, you know, clearly that's embarrassing, but <laughs> the fact of the matter is when you go back and review the information and, and say, oh yeah, 97%, now I remember, you will actually, in comparison to somebody that, that remembered the 97%, but realized they struggled a little bit and go back and review, those mm -hmm. two people both reviewing it, the person who forgot the information will come out after both having reviewed with a better grasp on that information because you know they've used fMRIs to look into the brain yeah. and they see that when you actually forget something, your brain la lays down a lot more neural connections to that information than if you remembered it and they're just trying to recall it again. So it, you know, it, the body f grows through failure, the mind grows through failure. I think that that we as leaders grow through failure, organizations grow through failure, and so we should be pushing right on that edge of it. Controlled mm -hmm. failure, you not critical major failure, but you want to be always pursuing right on the edge of where, you know, things are going right. well into where they start to break down. Yeah, that's impactful. Yes, I love that. I love that advice. Um, that, that brings up um, another question that I had for you. There's, you know, the common phrase that we hear, fake it till you make it. When it mm -hmm. comes to leadership and having confidence in leadership, do you believe in that theory or in that concept? I do to a certain extent. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I tell, um, I tell a lot of my clients, whether on the on the consulting side where I'm working on, you know, purely on marketing, or on the coaching side where I'm, uh, you know, doing communication, marketing, blend, and leadership. Um, yeah, I, I'm a big. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in a lot of those old sayings, fake it till you make it. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than, per, uh, than permission. You know, a lot of these things that can be really helpful for a, uh, an entrepreneur. The thing is, I think that that needs to be tempered with also uh, humility, a humbleness and, and a vulnerability, a willing to admit and, and not just admit because you've been called on it, but mm -hmm. admit right up front that you don't have the answer. Uh, again, hopefully you've surrounded yourself with some very competent people. They may have the answer. The, the thing that where the fake it till you make it comes in is if you don't have the answer and it's a critical answer, you're probably freaking out. Now, you can't bring that freaking out to your team and say, I'm freaking out. Help me figure <laughs> out what the solution is, right? You right. have to come in with confidence and say, hey, I don't quite have this all figured out yet, but it's all good. I'm perfectly confident that we are going to work this out. Now, let's work this out. You know, let, help me figure out where we're going from here or what's mm -hmm. the next step. So, I, you know, I think it's, it's important to balance that vulnerability of being able to ask for help and admit that you don't have all the answers with that confidence that you can help, you know, lift your team up and keep their spirits high and their confidence high. And so 
maybe you're faking a degree of confidence, um, but you shouldn't fake that you sure. have it all figured out. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, with, with the clients that you work with and with individuals that come to you, you know, obviously they're coming to you because they would like your help and your assistance and guiding them to build a stronger level of confidence and leadership. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, what, what tips or, um, you know, maybe even like action items would you suggest for people that are wanting to push themselves a little bit further when it comes to, you know, leadership and being a better leader? Well, I, I, you know, I touched on it earlier. I, sure. To me, leadership is, is about, um, well, you know, you, you say it's about two things and then you think about the third thing, <laughs> but you know, there, there are two key things yeah. I think, that most leaders really have to get a handle on. Yeah. Uh, in, and if, if I could only say one, it would be remember that as a leader, you know, we are in service entirely. We work for everybody else. We work for our customers. If we have investors, we're working for our investors. And if we have team, a team under us, we're working for that team. The team can't succeed if we drop the ball. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's our job to give them the tools that they need to get the job done. It's our job to organize things um, and, and, you know, put the communications channels and the structures in place that they can excel. Now we need to hire them and then, you know, give them marching orders and then get the hell out of the way and let them do their job and not be micromanaging them. But we need, you know, we need to be there to give them the structure and the framework that they, that they need to succeed and then step mm -hmm. and like I said, step back. And when you step back, then be like, Hey, now my job was to come up with the direction. I gave you the direction you're running with the ball, but I'm here if you right. need some assistance. Right. And so, you know, that I think a lot of people have, you know, intellectually, I think they hear that and they're like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But it, it from an ego standpoint, it's difficult to stay in that mindset of service where, where you're saying, look, my job is to make sure that we succeed here. And mm -hmm. if somebody drops the ball, like, yeah, you're, it's not like you're not going to hold them accountable, but that whole, the buck stops here really has to mean something. Like yeah. if, if your team screws up and doesn't get the proposal out the door on time, it's your fault as the leader, right? You know, like, because you should have been more on top of that, or you right. should have put a better team in place, or you should have, right? So, you know, we have to remember that we're here to serve everybody. Um, they're not here to serve us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and with that service mentality, you know, obviously comes a, a, a sense of humbleness and, and a sense of vulnerability. Um, in order to really, you know, be of service to somebody and be giving of yourself, you have to be humble and you have to be vulnerable. Um, if you're, you know, you have all these walls off uh, up in front of you, you can't really be of service to people. Um, right. And so I think uh, I haven't quite answered your question yet, yet, which is like, do I have recommendations? And, and my recommendation would be, <laughs> A main, yeah. you know, maintain that service mindset, but B, work on your on your vulnerability. Uh, you know, take the opportunities to 
do the things that um, might frighten you a little bit, you know, go and, um, you know, um, most your listeners are probably not like running large commercial construction businesses or something. But, you know, if you're a manager of a big construction business, make sure that you go down and spend some time with the people that are like pouring the foundation of the building or whatever. Like sure. make sure that you, you're not going to know nearly as much as them about doing that job. And it's going to, maybe you're going to feel a little foolish because you're the boss and you don't know how to do it. But like, you need to do that. You need to be vulnerable in that way. Right. And you need to be vulnerable with your, uh, with your customers and your prospects as well. I mean, you should be, being honest, uh, you know, people don't buy from companies. It's, it's, a, you know, I'm sure we've all heard this before. People don't buy from companies. They buy from people and right. you, you're not going to buy from a person that you don't trust and like, mm -hmm. and you're not going to trust and like a person that you don't know. And so, you know, it's your company and and until it gets big enough that you hire some spokesperson or whatever, you're the face of your company. And so that means that ultimately people need to know you because they need to like and trust you before they're going to buy from you, whether it's a, whether it's a good or a service. Mm -hmm. And the way that they're going to get to know you is by you being vulnerable with them. And that's not to come out and dump all of your deepest, darkest, like, you know, worries on them and, oh, I, you know, like I, my dad never thought I was good enough or whatever. But <laughs> right. It means you need to be able to go out and relate, you know, your troubles, your weaknesses, your hopes and dreams, your fears to the, to those of your, of your potential customer. You know, when I'm working with a, with physical trainers and, and, you know, strength coaches and stuff like that, there's a lot of them that do this a, a great job of this, but there's also a lot of them that, that they put on this, like, okay, I'm super fit and you're here to be super fit. So let's just talk about being super fit. And, you know, very few people want to be coached by somebody that just looks like they were born like a Greek God or goddess. They want to know about their trainer's struggles so that there can be some connection and some relation, right? And, and that, that applies to everything. That applies to sales and it applies to manufacturing and it applies to everything. You know, it's not just coaching. You need to really connect with the people that you're trying to, to serve. And to do that, you need to be open and honest and vulnerable with them. Yeah, that's, that's a great answer. And what I, what I really appreciate about what you just said is, you know, there's a, there's a key point that you keep honing in on and that's being humble and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I love that you explained that being vulnerable doesn't mean that you're just like pouring your heart out and being right. like, you know, like being this, like, it doesn't mean that you have to be crying to, <laughs> you know, to your employees all the time or to the people you're serving, but just being human. Just right. being human and being like, you know, someone that they can relate to and because, you know, they're human as well. So that's, that's a great point. Well, I, you know, I was talking with somebody, excuse me, I was talking with somebody recently who um, kind of outside my normal target demo, but I, like yourself, somebody that I had met online and, and had offered to help her out with something. And um, she's dealing with, uh, 
IT executives. And she's not a salesperson, so it's not her job to, to try to go and sell them. But she wants to like build her relationship with these these people because of the company that she's working for. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was asking her some of the, we were talking about social media content, what are some of the things that you're doing to try to build the relationship with your, with your clients? And she was talking about, you know, well, don't you remember I asked a, you know, you answered one of my uh, posts about, you know, what books do you, are you reading? And, you know, remember there was the one that I had about uh, classic movies or something. And I was like, yeah, those are great. I said, those are great for strengthening your connection and getting people to interact with you once they're in your group, but there's no vulnerability in that. Mm-hmm. I said, you are dealing with a bunch of IT people and not in, you know, I'm going to make a generalization. And, and so it's not going to apply to everybody. And I understand that, but you know, <laughs> IT people in often proudly so are kind of a, a bunch of awkward geeky people, right? Mm-hmm. And they loved Dungeons and Dragons and Doctor Who and the Marvel universe and, you know, you go into the, the IT you know, cubicle farm and there's action figures and all kinds of things, you <laughs> yeah. know, in the cubicles. Now, mm-hmm. I grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons. I love the Marvel Universe. I let, right? And, and so I don't say that to, to be like, aha, these geeks. But if I was going to be trying to attract them, I'd be writing about, you know, Doctor Who episodes or something like that in my mm-hmm. social media post to let them know, hey, I get you, I'm like you, or, you know, I, I might not like it as much as you, or maybe I like it more, who knows, but like we, you know, we've got some similarity and I'm not the like, you know, in, in my corporate roles, I was media relations, you know, I was shadowing the like CEO around and, you know, I was always yeah. looked at as like part of the, you know, the, the, captain of the football team, whatever of the, of, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. give it a high school analogy. Sweet. Yeah. And, but, you know, it was always important to me to go down and, and talk to people that, you know, worked in our motor pool or, or worked in IT or whatever and, and be like, no, I'm not, you know, I didn't come from Ivy League. And I don't think if you don't have, you know, three master's degrees, you're, you're not a good person. Like I, right. you know, I'm, yeah. you know, I was awkward and, whatever. And I secretly go home and watch Game of Thrones or just like you. (laughs) And so, I mean, you know, these are some of the things that I mean by vulnerability. Some people might not think of that as vulnerable, but other people might be like, well, I can't talk about the fact that I, you know, I really love cooking shows because that's not the, that's not the image of like a leader in my sector, in my industry or something like that. Well, says who, right? right? And like, Somebody else can, you know, if, and if somebody doesn't like the fact that you're into cooking shows, mm-hmm. then they, they can go buy from somebody else. I mean, it's a huge world. There's 7 billion of us in here, you know, in the world. And there's right. so it's like you, you're not going to be able to sell to everybody. You need to find who your customers are and your customers are going to be the people that like and know and trust you. And so mm-hmm. show them who you are and be vulnerable with who you are. Don't try to be some image of what you think a leader should be. Right. Yeah, that's that's a really great point. It it made me think about um a couple of years ago, it was almost three years ago now. Um short story, sorry, I was part of a, a software company that um 
had a completely open floor plan for all of our different departments to work on. And it was the first time that I had worked in that type of environment. Um, but I remember that the culture that it created was just one of, you know, equality across the board, across every single department. We're all the same. We're all out here, you know, in the same desks, the same type of space. Right. Um, but it, it, what you're saying though really resonates with me on that because um, it's not about being, you know, not necessarily about like the vulnerability side of it or, or that it's more about from what I'm getting, putting your ego aside and um, you know, letting that humbleness kind of come out and um, giving a reason to connect with those that are around you and, and have that human connection. Well, pe people want to connect to other people, right? right. And, and like, you, you know, if, if you went out to a networking event in your industry, yeah, initially, you know, like in, depending on how big, of a, you know, how late you stay, how big of a, big of a drinker you are, you, you, you're going to start out like probably wandering around and passing out some business. I mean, pre-COVID pre lockdown, yeah. passing around some business <laughs> cards and, and talking shop with people. Mm -hmm. But then as the evening wears on, the whole night, you're not just going to dive deeper and deeper and deeper into insurance sales or whatever your, your industry is. Pretty soon you're going to start swapping stories about the kids or about college hijinks or about a, tr a vacation that you just took or something like that. You make connections with people when you start talking about the the human things that we're all involved in. And even if, you know, I start talking about, not that I'm into whitewater rafting, but I start talking all about this great whitewater rafting trip that I went on and you don't know anything or care anything about whitewater rafting, you can still relate that to the vacation that you went on or to the bike, you know, you go on bike vacations and you're like, oh, that, that sounds great. I've never whitewater rafted. I really like to bike. And then you start talking about your thing. Right. That's how you start connecting. And then at the, the end of the night, it's those people that you've talked to like that, that you're like, hey, let's, let's stay in touch. Let's see if we can help each other out. And the couple of people that you maybe met early on and didn't get to circle back to and where you just exchanged cards and you said, oh yeah, I sell insurance. Oh great, I have, you know, like I advise people on what insurance to buy. You should, we should get together. Like you may actually not get together with those people because mm -hmm. you didn't make any real connection with them. So yeah, it's a, it's a humbleness and it's a vulnerability, but it's just a willingness to, to realize that you can be human. You don't have to be, you know, this I think people's idea of what a professional is and how a professional should act and carry themselves is, is way off the mark. Mm -hmm. um, Cause you see all the six, you know, most of the great successful people that we look up to that have built huge companies, they're very human and relatable. You know, the Sir Richard Branson's and the Mark Cubans and the, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they kind of sit down and just talk like, normal people whenever they have an interview, they're not, okay, I'm the leader of this billion dollar company. <laughs> right. Right. So like when you're the leader of a thousand dollar company, sure. don't do that. Right. <laughs> like there's no reason for you to do that. Um, you know, start where, where, where they are, you know, be right. human and relatable the whole way through. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I really love that. Um, cool. Well, Seth, 
thank you so much for our conversation. Um, I want to give you a couple minutes though to talk about um, the links and we're going to have those in the show notes here for um, the different websites that you sent me. But sure, um, I gave you, sorry, I'm stepping on you. Go ahead. Oh, you're perfect. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I gave you a bunch, so I, I don't want to take up everybody's time and going, you know, oh, this website and that website. But <laughs> um, my, if you're interested in, um, if you're interested in some leadership and communications uh, coaching, you can find me at uh, my company name is Awen Coaching. That's A W E N Coaching, and that's www.awencoaching.com. Um, or if you, uh, you know. If I've wowed you so much today and you just love me so much that you want to hop on a phone call with me, you can uh, schedule a free 60-minute introductory coaching session at uh, www.reachseth.com, R-E-A-C-H-S-E-T-H.com. Uh, you can book an uh, introductory 60-minute uh, session in which I will learn a little bit about you, try to help you uh, with a, you know, a few initial things, and then if you feel like it was a great help and I feel like I can help you with your larger issue, then, then we can talk about, uh, you know, some kind of formal, um, work program. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Seth, thank you so much. I know that I took a lot from our conversation and I know that our listeners have as well. So I appreciate having you on today. Well, thank you so much. I, I had a great time. I'm this has been another episode of the Digital Mastermind Podcast with Hillary Russell. For more information on the Mastermind, visit us online at therussellcollective.com slash mastermind. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time. And remember, stay moving and keep your momentum. Your future self will thank you.